The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Absurd Psychology, straight answers without all the bull. Your host is Dr. Gary Bell. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist, and he'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back to our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here's the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome to the show. This is Absurd Psychology. I'm Dr. Gary Bell. This topic today is very interesting uh, because I get more correspondence on this particular topic than any topic there is, and that is sex in relationships, how to keep it up. (laughs) As a matter of fact, when you do counseling with folks, uh, oftentimes sex becomes a center of attention. Oftentimes, it's more of a symptom rather than the main problem. And so, uh, here's a quote. "When, When a man talks dirty to a woman, it is sexual harassment. When a woman talks dirty to a man, it is $3.95 an hour. All right. Now, here's some sex facts you may not know. 5% of 40-year-old men and 15 to 25% of 65 and older men have erectile dysfunction. And uh, George Burns, I don't know if you remember him, but he died at about 100. He said uh, having sex at his age, was like trying to push a loose rope through a keyhole. (laughs) So, one out of every 10 married adults sleeps alone. At least 50% of sexually active people will have an HPV. HPV is a human uh, papillomavirus, and it's like getting genital warts or or, or it's a skin uh, disorder. However, What's interesting is within two years, 90% of all these cases are gone away by the body's immune system. Also, 75% of men reach orgasm during sex, 29% for women. Now, most women are unable to reach climax through vaginal sex alone. Instead, they need clitoral stimulation. 20 minutes of exercise can increase genital arousal in women and a shower after might help. <laughs> 20% of women report migraine relief after orgasm. BDSM, bondage slave master people, have reportedly a higher sense of well-being and self-esteem. Well, what is self-esteem? Learning to say no to things that hurt you. That's very interesting. But people that do the BDSM, and we'll talk about it later, uh, usually are not your hardcore folks. What they are is people that experiment and role play. And fantasy, and you will find that that is something that you need to endorse at some point in your life because sometimes sex can be stale. Now, here, here's the deal. In committed relationships, sex can be sometimes the only thing they ever enjoy together. 
It also can be the same every single time or completely non-existent. Now, you know, let's face it. As we get older, we don't get any prettier. The honeymoon phase dies, and what is left is stress, lonely people, flabby adult bodies, bad breath, too sweaty, financial issues, work issues, kids, health issues, power struggles, and no sex drive whatsoever. So let's not forget also, no time and too tired for sex. This this show's about turning it around, and that's what we want to try to do. What's interesting is... Uh, some of the biggest contributors is in communication and how people contribute, uh, uh, communicate with each other. You know, uh, couples that name call or don't listen to each other, they disrespect each other. Also, people that threaten the end of their relationship on a consistent basis. Also, people that are nasty with their children. If one adult is nasty with children and the other is not on the same page, oftentimes you're going to find power struggles within their sex life. Here's an interesting uh, thing. Uh, there's a play that was written by Aristophanes in Greece uh, way, way back, thousands of years ago, and it's called Lysistrata. And this is how the women ended the Spartan Wars in Greece. What they did was they all got together at the Acropolis in Athens and decided not to give their husbands any sex until they all stopped warring with each other, which was highly successful. <laughs> so, now, how do we improve our sex life? You know, first off, it's important to take it slow and steady. That doesn't mean you don't want to have some people really enjoy a more aggressive sex. But what is the problem is, is when people grow apart from each other, the worst thing you could possibly do is just jump right in. What you want to do is become re-familiar with each other, which sounds strange when you're talking about people in a relationship, but people can grow apart sexually. So, you know, foreplay is very important. Uh, dirty talk can also be important. Manual or oral stimulation and kissing. These things are often more important to maintaining the desire for consistent sex than the act itself. You know, consider it part of your entertainment schedule. You know, so many people make time for television. They make time for all kinds of activities, uh, playing, you know, softball or whatever, you know, having dinner with friends or having lunch with a friend or whatever. They need to also make time for each other. And a lot of people don't do that. And, and I've said on a previous show that, that uh, the average couple, especially if they have children, spends less than four minutes together alone in a day. And that's, that's terrible. It, you know, consider it a part of your life, a part of your schedule. Try not to trivialize your sex life by making it a shared, you've you got to make it a creative process. And it's important, and it's owned by both of you. It's something you both enjoy, and you both share, and you don't share it with anybody else. You want to build gradually to climaxes. Vary your angles, your speed. You know, sometimes going seven strokes and then slow, like nine, and deepness of penetration, these things can be highly stimulating to people. But what's important, once again, is we break those barriers of sex and use sex as a tool to hurt each other. We want it to be something where both are open and enjoy it because sometimes that's the opening dialogue to getting the relationship back on track. You know, the other thing is breathing. Breathing is so important to elongating a sexual experience 
premature ejaculation, and a lot of folks suffer from this, is caused because they hold their breath and force the brain to release. And so they don't, you know, they starve their brain of oxygen. And basically what happens is the body ejaculates so that you'll breathe. It's a stress reliever, sex is. Also, crying is a stress reliever. And strangely, both crying and orgasms come from the same part of the brain. And as you would see people cry, they're basically having an orgasm. Um, And that's because they're not breathing. People don't breathe when they cry. People don't breathe when they have sex. If you can control your breathing, you can also elongate the sexual experience and avoid that premature ejaculation. Now, also changing things up is extremely important, especially if you haven't had sex in a long time. Because number one, you want to prevent cramps. And you want to avoid the premature ejaculation. You know, regular exercise is extremely important. Here's, here's an interesting thing that weightlifting can increase testosterone for males and females. And yes, both males and females have testosterone. Also, cardio, cardio exercise increases health and desire to, do, to have better circulation. And naturally, you need better circulation to have better sex. Obviously, the penis and the vagina are both controlled by muscles. Muscles need blood supply. So blood supply is extremely important. So people that do good cardio workouts, people that have good weightlifting programs, those folks are going to find that sex is not as big of a challenge as it may have been in the past. But, you know, the biggest issue is the mind. And it needs to be fully engaged. And people that have sleep deprivation, people that don't sleep very well, oftentimes are very challenged by the idea of having sex. And that's because they're just too tired. Their brain's not fully ready for it. So getting good sleep is critical. Also, diet. Diet is huge. Increased weight in people is an epidemic these days. And this decreases sex drive. It decreases testosterone. It decreases blood flow and the ability to experiment with various positions. And so, you know, getting yourself engaged in the atmosphere of having good sex also calls for taking care of yourselves. And, you know, it's interesting when you find couples that take care of themselves together, like exercise together, take walks together, do things, you know, swim together, do things Oftentimes, you find them to be more engaged with each other sexually because they feel better about each other and they know they're trying to take care of themselves. You know, the other thing is to turn off the television. Skip all the conditions that, and, and make the situation just right to have sex. Just begin connecting. So many people depend on, you know, things like pornography or, you know, movies, or looking at the internet, and all that kind of stuff to stimulate themselves. You know, turning off the television is is extremely important to sex. You know, you want to skip all the conditions that prevent you from having a good sexual relationship. You want to have it just right to have sex. And that means you begin connecting. And, and another thing that gets in the way is pornography. A lot of people integrate pornography into their relationship. And uh, they trivialize that. But the deal is, how can you compete with what's on the television pornography-wise? How can you compete with you know, what's on the internet 
you know, body wise or sexual wise, you, you know, it's one thing to learn from it, but some people become very addicted to that. And that means that they look at people as objects rather than people. And we don't want to do that in this life. We do not want to, it, we'll have a miserable life if, if every person we look at becomes a sex object. You know, it's, it's not a good idea. What you want to do is become a safe person and look at other people as people. And what will happen if you're in a committed relationship our partner will feel safe with us because they know that we don't have an agenda, that we're not out there looking at other people for sex, not looking at other people sexually. People that do the pornography thing end up finding that they are looking at objects. People become objects. And that's not a way to have great relationships through your life. You should have safe relationships with males and females. And it should be non-sexual and if you do that your brain can operate your intuition is fully engaged and you can have a good life but also what happens is your sex life will increase at home and you will enjoy each other more schedule time you know that that is the other thing it life is too busy if you miss your first appointment with each other then you need to have a backup and schedule that set it back and say okay we missed on wednesday let's do since we missed on wednesday thursday is mandatory so let's get our brains activated and know that we're going to have sex now some people get very bothered by the idea they have to make appointments but i will tell you people that are busy or people that sex is awkward or strange or they've been grown apart they need to make those appointments so they can get their head engaged and become fully engaged with their partner you know, forget the candles and music, stop all the excuses, have fun. Fun is spontaneous. If the ambiance is fun, then you're more likely to have a great sexual atmosphere. You know, having to light candles and do all that stuff, I'm not saying don't be romantic, but I will tell you that that's a lot of work. All right, now here's another thing that if you are going to make appointments and if you are estranged sexually, I recommend that you look at the idea of having love coupons. And that means coupons where one person uh, has three choices and the other person has three choices of both of what each other wants. So let's say the female wants, the wife wants three different things done for her and she writes up three coupons. Now both must agree on what's on both coupons. Secondarily, the man writes up three things that he wants and that turn him on and that make it so it's going to be a good sexual experience for him. And what you want to do is when you're about to have sex, you pull out your coupon and redeem it. And that means, guess what you're doing tonight? And the other one says, well, guess what you're doing tonight? And once they do that, what happens is both get some sense of gratification out of the event. They may not like the intercourse. They may not like certain parts of the sex, but what they do end up doing is enjoying sex in a way that at least they got one thing that they wanted. And what that means is we're giving to each other. And that's what the sharing, that's what the relationship, that's what the sexual experience should be. Also, you know, watch your alcohol intake. Alcohol is enormous takedown as far as sexuality. A lot of folks uh, will drink uh, in the evenings or before their sexuality on the weekends. And what happens is their libido either will increase or decrease. But what happens is their connectedness 
will just not be there. They may get real excited or they may have a rough sex or they may have interesting sex or whatever. But I will tell you, it's, it's usually more of a selfish proposition than it is a shared proposition experience of sex. The alcohol intake can really cause a lot of problems. So some people have to get drunk to have sex, and that's unfortunate also. Using alcohol as a vehicle does not create a long-term relationship of sex. You want to have sex where you're both cognizant, you're both engaged, and you want to give to each other. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to happen every single time, but people that maintain a strong sex life do not induce alcohol into the sexual experience on a consistent basis. You know, the communication is, is the other key to this stuff, and, and sex must be something that you're open and you talk about. You know, stop all these expectations of what your partner should be doing for you or what you should be doing for them. They, you know, that kind of stuff is a very negative experience. What we want to communicate is what we'd prefer. You know, this is what I like sexually. This is what I prefer. And communicate that on a consistent basis and don't back down. You want to have open communication so both of you can enjoy and ex- get things met, needs met sexually for each other. Now, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back. We're also going to talk about fantasy and we're also going to go on a little bit more about communication. Please come back and join. <laughs> your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit drgbmft.com. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bell could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at drgbmft for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or drgbmft.com. Remember, drgbmft.com. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Thank you. 
You are tuned in to Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary Bell or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. So, got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on the Email Host button on the Voice America page. Now, back to Absurd Psychology. Welcome back. This is Dr. Gary Bell. Once again, we're talking about sex. And we're talking about communication during sex and before sex and in general in the relationship. So here's the deal, you know. Once again, we've really got to watch what we say to each other. People carry a lot of issues around by being called names by their partner, by being threatening, you know, threatening the end of the relationship, by having to sleep on the couch. Um, you know, disrespect causes a person's self-esteem to go way, way down. And, you know, threatening and, and, and disrespecting Name-calling, all of those things take away from your sex life. They mean that if you don't, you know, if you don't, if you think of me that way, that's not very sexy. And it doesn't make me think very sexy of you. You know, people that have long relationships that are committed, people that have those 50-year marriages that are actually healthy, those people learn how to respect each other by listening to each other. And they also learn how to cherish. Cherish is such a key, meaning that I can't be the person I am without you. I don't even know why you're with me. You're the greatest thing that ever happened to me. We have to think in terms of our partner in a very positive way. And if we don't do that, what happens is our sex life will go right down the tubes. And and it's just not a good thing. Some, you know, some people can once again contain sex to just sex. But once again, that doesn't feed the relationship. That means the relationship may be deeply lonely on many other aspects but the sex life. Also, um, the other thing is about sex, and it's really surprising that I hear this, but people rate each other how well each other is or compare uh, their partners as far as sex is concerned. That is such a gross thing to do. You don't want to be rating each other or talking about how good or not good each other is in, in bed. You know, it should be an experience, not not a contest. It's not something where we're competing with our partner's previous partners. That None of that should have any aspect to the relationship. It should just be what you both have between each other. And you want the experience to stand on its own. And here's the truth about, you know, married sex or committed sex. Sometimes it's just boring as heck. Sometimes it's just not that great. And you know what? That's okay. If, if for some period of time, you know, you want both people to get something out of it. But here's the deal. And this is why you want to keep talking about sex. If only one's getting something out of it and the other's not getting something out of it, something has to change. It has to change. And it doesn't mean they stop having sex, but they have to be creative. The other partner may be selfish. They may just want their orgasm and go on their merry way. But, you know, the other partner needs to get stimulated also. So here's the deal. You really need to make a deal with each other that we're not going to rate our sex. Sometimes we're going to have sex. You're going to enjoy it. I'm not. Sometimes we're going to have sex. I'm going to enjoy it. And you're not. That is the kind of 
of sex that will last a lifetime because it's honest, it's simple, it's truthful, it's it's humble, and it's straightforward, and it's just the raw truth. And and that's how you want to be with each other. You don't want it to have to be. I feel bad because you got an orgasm and I, you know, that I got an orgasm and you didn't. That's that's crazy. Don't do that game with each other. Don't rate it. Don't do anything. Just enjoy it. And also, here's the other thing. Toys can be a good thing for long-term relationships. And what I mean by toys, it's a multi-billion dollar industry. But, you know, things like vibrators, uh, you know, different clitoral stimulations, uh, you know, cock rings, things like that. These are not such a bad thing. And, and I know it's embarrassing to talk about it, but the fact is, is that sometimes those things add something to the sexual experience. And if it adds to the sexual experience, you should enjoy it. You should take advantage of it just so you're sharing it with each other. You know, a lot of people will buy things like a vibrator and expect that to be, well, you just go off and do your own thing and, and uh, you know, hey, I'll just stay aside or I don't have to have sex. Okay, cool. That's not what it's about. Those toys are meant to be shared. They're not toys that you just go off and do that on on your own. Obviously, some people are single, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about in relationships. Toys should be enjoyed by both people if they want to. It's, It's fantasy and it's part of a normal relationship and it's good for people to have that, especially if they get bored with their sex life. You want to mix it up. You want to have a lot of variety in your sex life. You don't want to depend on one single thing to make it happen. Now, here's the the, the erectile dysfunction stuff. You know, there's this medication, Cialis or or Viagra. You know, you always want to check with your doctor because obviously it's going to raise your blood pressure. You know, and that's not a good thing for some people, especially if they have heart condition. But the other thing is if you do use these things, they're good. They build confidence. They add blood flow to the penis. And that's not a bad thing. What happens is the penis actually gets some muscle memory. It actually understands what it should be doing. The brain starts to re-engage sexually. That's what it should be doing. Those medications should not be something you depend on. They should be something that gets you back in the habit of having sex and enjoying sex with your partner. If you depend on them, that means you're forgetting to take care of yourself. You're forgetting to exercise. There's a lot of things that are are getting thrown out the window. Your diet may not be that hot. And the, the bottom line is you just take the pill and, okay, okay, now I have great sex. That's not it. That's not it. The deal is you take those kind of medications, and they're expensive, by the way. You take them to help get muscle memory. Get get the penis back to work. Get it to understand what it needs to be doing. A lot of people also take testosterone to increase their sex drive. Well, that will work. It really will. And it also will help build muscle. But in people that have low testosterone also usually have low muscle mass. So here's the deal. What we want with people who take testosterone is to simply understand one thing your body will stop manufacturing testosterone if you take it. If you take testosterone, your body and your brain will learn to stop manufacturing it. Therefore, you're going to depend on testosterone. Now, so what you want to do is if you're going to take testosterone, you need to have a target of when to get off of the testosterone. Because if you stay on it, it can cause enormous amounts of issues, especially blood pressure issues and heart conditions. But we want that muscle memory. We do want that. 
Now, let's get into the fantasy. You know, as people get older and, and used to each other, they take each other for granted. And the challenge of physical attraction is huge. Fantasy. Fantasy can mean dress up. Fantasy could mean acting. Uh, fantasy could mean, you know, just playing. It, it, it's simple. It's, it's sexual. You know, sex is an animalistic act. And if you look at the yin and the yang, the anima and the animus, most of our human lives, we live in our head. We live thinking all the time and working and, and interacting with people. But we have to be animals also. We have to have that balance. And sex is the biggest place for that. Obviously, sports, obviously activities where we're very spontaneous. Those are animalistic activities also. But we also have to have that joy in the bedroom. That is the true animal experience and you want to have that. You know, various games can spice up a marriage and, and can be done in a healthy way. There's lots of board games out there uh, where people talk about and get them talking about sex, get them talking dirty. Well, when they talk dirty, sometimes their brain starts to engage sexually. And they, they should never be the only thing you turn to, once again, these toys. Normal sex should always be integrated because as you get older, your positions and your possibilities become more limited. So once again, fantasy, toys, other things can also be a big help. And, you know, I know that sounds crazy, but there's these fantasy sex fantasy books are not a bad thing either because you know if you read like the 50 shades of gray and and that book i've read the whole series is you know it's it's okay but you know really what the essence of the book is about is the relationship not the sex though the sex is kinky it's uh, interesting it's primarily driven from his child abuse but you know you don't want to make that kind of stuff a lifestyle but it has a lot, those, those, those books like that have a lot of good content about communication and relationship tools and leading up to sex alongside of all the sexual annex. You know, let's face it, most everyone has been sexually violated in this life in some way. They've been come on to, they've been exposed to, or, you know, somebody's just gotten their space. We have to look at those events as events. And I'm not suggesting that if somebody's been raped or somebody's been ex enormously sexually violated that we trivialize that. But we also want to grow through that. We don't want to make those events define us. We want those events to be events. And we don't want to project them on our partner. We want to invent a sex life with our partner that is different than we've ever had before. And we want to embrace that. But those events, those negative events that happen in our childhood or in our life, once again, we don't want them feeding into our relationship. And only if you have a good communication about sex with your partner are you going to really discover that those things can be left behind when you both get together. They may be processed in therapy. They may be processed with your friends. But they don't need to be processed when you're having sex. Now, here's some tips for Men, you know, you really need to get to know your 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 PC muscles, and 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 those are called uh, pubiochysis, chysis, sorry. And by trying to stop yourself from peeing in midstream, actually will build the muscle that helps you ejaculate. This makes you aware of the muscle. So stopping your peeing in midstream for a man will build that muscle, and once you have recognized that muscle. 
you want to exercise that on a continuous basis. So you hold the muscle 10 seconds and then you relax. It doesn't mean you have to do it when you're peeing. It's that you have to recognize it when you're peeing. That's how you recognize it. And then you can do that on your own. That exercise will actually increase blood flow into your penis. And if you do it on a regular basis, it will help your penis grow. It will help your penis be more responsive to sex. You want to do this on a daily basis. This helps it get more circulation, increases orgasm strength, and the strength of your libido. Now, another thing is yoga. Yoga can help you learn creative positions and build the strength to maintain them. Positions, uh, you know, are huge. Because all women have different G-spots, and those G-spots can be in very various positions that may or may not be readily available. So by having yoga, you are able to bend the body and get your body to do things that it normally hasn't done before. And by doing that, you're basically going to be able to create more positions that you have with your partner. Yoga can be done at all ages. And yoga is an incredible tool to use your brain, which is the biggest sexual, the greatest sexual organ you have is your brain. It helps you clear your mind and get focused on your sex drive. Also swimming. A Harvard study showed that men in their 60s had the sex drive of men in their 40s by swimming 30 minutes three times a week. Also, there was a tremendous increase in overall body strength. Swimming can be enormously helpful for most people because, number one, there's not a lot of resistance. There's not a lot of body wear and tear such as there is with running. Uh, basically, swimming is something that is fun, enjoyable, and it also has a lot to do with getting the body in, in shape to be able to get to the sexual activity. Now, if we want to increase sex drive in women, first of all, you want to get rid of any kind of visual, sound, environmental distractions, messy bedrooms, details that need to be finished. These are things that can get in the way of sex for a woman. She may become very uh, obsessed with the idea of, okay, are the children around or, you know, what's going on out there? You know, what's going on? Who's in the living room? All of these cognitive, these, these environmental distractions for a woman can be extremely uh, a big turnoff. Also, better communication. You know, anger destroys a woman's sex drive. If you have an angry, raging kind of relationship, you're going to find that your sex drive is going to die on the vine. You know what? You also people that have financial issues. That is huge in people's sex life. You, it, it, a healthy couple, if you want to be healthy, the smartest thing you can possibly do is to have three months income tucked away. And I know that may be unreasonable for a lot of folks that live paycheck to paycheck out there. But the deal is, if you can get your life to a position where you are not financially struggling Every day to get by wondering how every time you open the mailbox, it's dread. Oh, my gosh, what bills coming in? You don't want to live that way. But those finances have a lot to do with how you feel about yourself as a couple. And finances can also affect sex life. If you're worried about finances for a woman, that can be enormous and that can really take her down. I can also do that for a man. 
you know, this is regarding stability and the future of the relationship. Financial should be something that all couples take care of. You don't want to have that in the way, especially in the bedroom. The other thing for women is unsolved arguments. You want to solve them. Now, what that means is you guys may be going at each other's throat. But what you want to do is you want to take a time out. And whoever's going to take a time out, if you guys are getting escalated, and you shouldn't be arguing in the bedroom, by the way, but if that's the only place to do it, I guess you're going to have to do it. But you really would, I, I think, and I think anybody with common sense knows that arguing in the bedroom is going to make the bedroom a battleground. So here's the deal. Take a time out. Take 30 minutes. Take, take whatever, one minute for every year of your life. And the person that's calling the timeout is the person that needs to basically say when we're coming back. Do not leave an argument unsettled. That is a huge turnoff for a woman. That is not going to help things. It needs to be solved before you go to sleep so that you can change the mood and wake up and have a good productive day. Also, lower cholesterol is extremely important to increase sex drive because the pelvic area gets affected by fat. Fat is collected in the pelvic area. That causes low blood flow, and that also can affect the, the, uh, uh, the arteries that feed the blood flow, which means that sex drive can drop down very quickly. Now, we're going to talk about more of these things to increase women's sex drive, and we're also going to talk about communication and sex killers. So come back. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at drgbmft for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or drgbmft.com. Remember, drgbmft.com. Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit drgbmft.com. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bell could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
You are tuned in to Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary Bell or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. So, got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on the Email Host button on the Voice America page. Now, back to Absurd Psychology. Welcome back to Absurd Psychology. This is Dr. Gary Bell. Once again, we're talking about sex. Now, we're talking about, right now, how to increase sex drive in women. And what I was uh, talking about before the break was the fact that the pelvic area, if there is a lot of fat in the pelvic area, or if there is uh, cholesterol clogging those arteries, what happens is a woman's sex drive will decrease enormously. And uh, once again, blood flow is everything to sex because you need blood flow to expand those muscles. Blood flow is critical. Cardio is critical. Weight lifting can help. Also, uh, I had a question uh, on the break about these unsolved uh, conflicts. You know, the deal is people, there is a lot of folks, a vast majority of people are afraid of conflict. And, and conflict is something that you can resolve very quickly if you are willing to hear your partner. People in relationships can be extremely defensive, especially when they're tired, especially if their sex life is right at bedtime. That's not always the best time to have sex because you're tired and your brain is tired. And what may happen is conflict is just too much of an effort. So here's the deal. You know, with conflict, it means validate. All right, I understand. I hear what you're saying. So what you're trying to tell me is this. That's all it is. Validating. I understand. So what you're telling me is you don't like this, this, this. Hearing each other can solve a conflict so quickly, but so many people just avoid it. So you want to do that. Now, here's another fact about, uh, you know, increasing sex drive in women. Birth control actually can reduce testosterone in women, which obviously will lower their sex drive. So depending on the birth control that you take, especially the pill, which has uh, the the estrogen in it, what you want to do is you want to check with your doctor to find out, is this going to decrease my sexual appetite? Because that birth control, once again, may help you, but on the other end, it may be a big turnoff. Also, you want to make sure that your thyroid isn't checked. You know, a hypothyroid or a low thyroid, those things affect your sex drive enormously. The thyroid is a critical element to your your circulation. It's a critical element to your thought process. It, it can it can make you dizzy. It can make you lethargic. It can make you forgetful. But also, it can make you have a very low sex drive. Date nights. Date nights are critical. Going out on dates is enormously enriching to a relationship. A lot of people forget that and they, and they take each other for granted and they just sit at home and they turn on the television and they waste their evening watching something they've probably already seen six times. The deal is you want to be able to go out and engage each other. People that develop a relationship around the television or around their friends or around texting, around, you know, just messing with their kids, 
forget to learn to communicate. There's something about going on a date and actually having to sit and engage with each other. That means you have to be compassionate and empathetic. And that is something people need to train themselves to do with each other in a long-term relationship where there's emotions and where there's a lot of negative and positive things that happen. They need to always nurture that. Compassion, empathy, understanding. These are things that happen on dates and that should be what a date is about, is learning about each other, not a place to do conflict. Also with with women that nurse, prolactin decreases estrogen and testosterone. So that prolactin, the the, the pumping of, of the breast milk can actually lower a woman's sex drive. Now here's some sex killers. If a lot of people will live with their partner and be with their partner without entering their partner's bodily space. Each of us has a bodily space. Most of the time, it's about three feet, about the end of your hand, where your hand is, if you if you reach your arm out. And so what happens is we develop a relationship with our partner sometimes that decreases our sexuality simply because we maintain the same space that we maintain with our boss, with the average person that we see, with people we don't even know. We have that, that unfamiliarity with each other. The people that have healthy sex also enter each other's space. Now, I'm not saying, you know, whack your your partner on the ass or, you know, pinch him or do something, you know, grotesque in front of your children. What I am suggesting is holding hands, kissing, hugging, arms around each other. These things mean that I belong to you, you belong to me. We are welcome in each other's bodily space. And that is called meta-communication, the nonverbal. Also, eye contact between couples is extremely important. Oftentimes, people avoid eye contact in their relationships. We don't want that. We want eye contact because that means we're able to read each other, understand when each other's lying, understand when each other's not not fully present, understand when they're maybe in bad moods. I mean, we read each other much better with eye contact, but also we have a much better sexuality with eye contact. That physical distance, holding hands, touching each other five to eight times a day is extremely important. That sends the message that we belong together. It also, if you have children, I know they may go, ew, or that's gross. You're kissing, ew, yuck, gross. That's not gross. They actually love it. They want you guys to have that because that tells them that they're safe and that the that your life is stable. Having that kind of uh, relationship, that physical distance broken, also teaches your children to do the same thing in their life with their partner. Listening to each other, neutral body stances, meaning that I'm not going to have my arms folded when I'm talking to my wife. I'm going to have my arms down and I'm going to narrow the distance between us so that we don't have to yell each other. Also, tone. Tone is huge. You know, if if you can think about when you were a child, the first word you said was probably no. And when your parents responded to a no with tone, that told you that there was a yes there because they had to work so hard to say no. So we listen to tone and that goes with our partner. We listen to tone. And if you guys are yelling at each other or, you know, just swearing or gross, you know, and how you talk to each other, talk down to each other, parent each other, 
that that's going to decrease your sex life. Also, you know, turning away or being distracted, not paying attention to each other. You know, so many uh, people will get lost in their texting so much that they don't even have any contact with their partner. They have more contact with their phone than their partner. That and that's gross. That those kind of distractions are not going to nourish your relationship, and it's certainly not going to increase your sex drive. So stop and listen. You know, stay assertive, stay in your adult, listen to each other. It means you stay flat and straight in your tone. You don't have to yell at each other. Talk to your emotions. You know, I'm really upset with you. You know, I'm really sad. I'm really frustrated. I'm enraged. But you don't have to demonstrate it. And you don't want to parent your partner. Force yourself to validate your partner. That means no defensiveness. If my partner is going to call me a name, my job is to go, I'm sorry you feel that way. Not going, I'm not that. You want to know that most of the conversation you're having with your partner is venting. And venting is okay. And venting, if it's not defended, if you're not sitting there being defensive, that means you can be still sexually engaged with each other. It doesn't throw that barrier up. Ask for intentions rather than presuming a negative outcome if if your partner did something wrong don't yell at them for doing something wrong find out what they were intending when you do that that means there's forgiveness there's love there's intimacy there and keep the issues at the topic at hand be ready to give in in an argument sometimes you know there may be the only resolution that doesn't mean you just fold you know fold down the tent and and avoid the argument but sometimes arguments are not meant to be one sometimes arguments are bigger they're about something else and you need to figure that out and sometimes you can't solve that while you're in the heat of the battle also you know unless you have a set of rules don't argue on your texts or emails This stays with you. Texts and emails are sex killers. You said this in the text. It's in writing. That means you can't say, no, I didn't say that. That's crazy. People argue by text or email is ridiculous. That means that everything you say is documented, even time stamped. And that kind of stuff will stay with you and it will affect your sex life. Humor and playfulness. You know, humor is always better served if it is about yourself, not your partner. Some people will make fun of their partner. And if you do that, that is going to kill the sex life. If you're going to make fun of something, make fun of yourself. Okay. Now, here's the biggest turnoffs for women. Excessive cologne. Boring. Narcissistic. Overenthusiastic about them, no manners, all they talk about is themselves, bad breath, can't handle alcohol or self, excessive swearing, defensiveness, poor listeners, insecurity, meaning they're needy, being creepy, and poorly parented kids. If they have poorly parented kids, that usually tells you. They're not such a hot person to be with. All right. Now, here's some of the biggest turnoffs for men. Too much makeup. Flirting with others. Not smiling. Playing hard to get. Gossip girls. The little girl act. That is disgusting. Bad attitude. Negative person. Bad hygiene. Calling men pet names. Cheating. 
clingy texting, excessive swearing, lying, and feeling too needed. If, if a man feels like he's too needed, that can make him very uncomfortable. People of the opposite sex becoming people. This means that we look at a person as a person. We don't go out into the public and turn people to sex objects. That is a relationship killer, and that creates a lot of insecurity for any partner. So what we want is everybody is a person. And if we can get to that, we can have a much healthier life with each other. Relationships are never safe when other people are sex objects. Now, here's some strange facts about sex. Penises used to have spines that was lost before the the, uh, Neanderthals. Penises once had spines. That's interesting. No brain is necessary for ejaculation. Ejaculation actually comes from the spinal cord. Wedgies can cause testicle damage. And if you want a lower sex drive, Keep licorice handy. It lowers cholesterol or cortisol levels and reduces action of testosterone. Licorice is a sex killer. And depending on the variety, a condom can hold up to seven gallons of liquid. And in Shakespeare's time, the word nothing was slang for vagina. (laughs) Now, here's another interesting fact. A woman once had sex with 919 men in a single day. Okay, so what we're going to discuss in later shows is this next show is going to be interesting. It's about childhood issues. I call it childhood issues, Prozac moments. And that's dealing with childhood disorders. And that's an extremely important topic for many people out there. The next show after that is going to be about divorce and step parenting, the joy of thankless living. And believe me, if you're a step parent, you will understand what thankless living is. Personality disorders. Can't you find a UFO to haul your ass back home? Suicide, death, and grieving the art of living miserably. Crisis intervention. Wellness with Dr. Nancy Bull. That's our show. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I'd love to hear from you and get your feedback at drgbmft on Twitter. Now, remember, your goal is to last longer than the Obamacare call center wait times. Also, you want your sex life to be more passionate than your reaction to the casting of Fifty Sage of Grey. Thank you for joining us. Have a great day. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Monday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. 